0: Hello and welcome to the Green Hornet from OTRgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors.
1: X tree -tree, X-Tree, Senator X-Tree! Now the most refreshing drink in the world, Orange Crush, presents the Green Hornet! Hunt's the biggest of all game. Public enemies who try to destroy our America. With his faithful valet Cato, Rick Reed, daring young publisher, matches wits with the underworld, risking his life that criminals and racketeers within the law may feel its weight by the sting of the Green Hornet. Now ride with Britt Reed in the thrilling adventure of the Triple Cross. The Green Hornet Strikes Again. The adventures of the Green Hornet are brought to you by Orange Crush, the world's leading orange drink that tastes better naturally. Orange Crush is flavored with a juice of fresh tree-ripened Valencia oranges, so naturally it tastes better. Always keep delicious Orange Crush handy in your refrigerator. At your dealer's, get the Orange Crush handy pack. Six bottles of Orange Crush in a handy carrying case. When Tommy Barra, King of the Racketeers, was released from federal prison, Michael Axford was happy.
2: I was sold when he was jailed for only two years on an income tax charge, but now they found he lied in his application for citizenship, and they're going to try to deport him. That's good.
1: Rick Reed, young
0: publisher of the Daily Sentinel, showed no elation. Uh, It's not good, Axford. The galling part is that his deportation will have no effect on the crime situation. His rackets are so well organized, they'll continue without him.
1: Rick Reed was right. That same evening, Tommy Barra met in secret with two of the top men in his empire of crime. They were Django Kimmons and Willie McLean. Barra was speaking.
3: And my lawyer says I can't beat the deportation rat. So I'm going to make a move, move my headquarters to Europe. Run things from there. Django, you'll stay here in front of me. Like when you were in Leavenworth, huh, Tommy? (laughs) yeah. As for you, Willie, you'll take Django's place. Okay, Tommy. Now, Django, you hop a plane tomorrow and see the boys all over the country. Tell them about the new setup. Sure. Tell them they got to kick in a hundred grand apiece for me. I want a million bucks cash for a going-away present. How will you sneak the money out, Tommy? (laughs) It always, Willie. Now, Django. Yeah? Bring me up to date on the territories while you're in them. Get me lists of who's running what places, how much they're netting... Who we're paying off. I want everything.
1: Willie McLean left the meeting and went to his midtown office, a cover for his criminal dealings. There, his lieutenant, Joe Rucker, heard an account of the meeting. <laughs> he <left>.
4: laughed. That's great, Willie. Here's a chance to do what we planned for a long time. Yeah. We bump off Tommy and Django and take control of the convoy ourselves. But first, Joe, we wait till Django comes back with the 900000 from the other boys. For well, that much, Joe, I can wait a couple of weeks.
1: As they were leaving the office later, they stopped in the room adjoining McLean's. There, Pop Seldon, who worked nights after the day force was gone, had finished his records on the day's financial dealings.
5: Everything's on that paper I gave you, Mr. McLean. Bookmaking money, policy slips, all the rest.
4: Good. <laughs> How the nags running these days, Pop?
5: Oh, not too good. I'll have to borrow some more money from you soon if you let me.
4: Nothing doing, Pop. I pay you enough. You ought to be glad I give you a job without trying to put the arm on me. Lay off the horses. You ought to know being in the racket, it's a sucker's game. I'll see you. Come on, Joe.
1: Pop Seldon watched the two men walk along the office corridor to the front door of the office.
4: Sucker's game, huh?
5: Well, I'll show you who's the sucker once you get that money I talked about tonight. <laughs> you forget that people can hear and see through keyholes. Even old horse players.
1: Django Kimmons made his round of the racket territories, collected tribute for Tommy Barra, and returned within two weeks. The night of his return, he and the racket king greeted Willie McLean and Joe Rucker. When McLean came to Django's house, carrying a bag supposed to contain his $100,000 contribution to Barra's fund.
3: Uh, put your money in the pot, Willie. It'll go with the rest of the dough in those two suitcases over in the corner. Sure, Tommy. Open the bag, Joe.
4: Yeah. Yeah, Willie. Take it. Hey, what's that you're taking? Tommy, it's a machine gun! <laughs> yeah, oh, for you... you, Tommy. Oh, you... you rat...
1: Tommy Barra, clutching his chest, crashed against the desk chair and fell to the floor. Willie turned to fire the gun at Django, but Django, caught unprepared, still was alert enough to try escape. Without thought, he dived headfirst through the window, glass, and all. A
4: crazy fool. He went right through the window. Get out of the
1: way. Let me get a shot at him.
4: There he goes, running toward the left, heading for the road. You got him, Willie. You caught him with that. I'll take care of him. Get the suitcases. Hit him again. Come along. We'll get him outside. I have the money, Willie. Come on. Get to the car.
1: Joe carried the two suitcases and Willie cradled the Tommy gun in his arm as they ran through the doorway. As they disappeared, Tommy Barra, holding his chest in agony, crawled along the floor to where the telephone cord draped from a desk. He pulled it and the telephone fell beside him. Striving, he placed a finger in the dial and made a complete turn.
3: May I help you? Yes. Get me a doctor. I, I'm shot.
1: Willie McLean ran outside after Django Kimmons, who was reeling along the road about 50 yards away. But McLean saw a car approaching the wounded man and turned, running to where Joe Rucker now sat at the wheel of the car.
4: Get out of here fast. We can't stay here now.
1: Commissioner Higgins and Rick Reed were at the club when Higgins received word that Tommy Barra and Django Kimmons had been shot and were now in Ardvale County Hospital. When they arrived there, Michael Axford was already on the scene. I came out from cop's headquarters with the detectives.
2: And, Reed, I already phoned the paper. In what room is Barra? Uh, the operating room. You can't see him. But come with me. I'll take you to where they have Kimmons.
1: When Axford led Higgins and Reed into the ward, they found detectives as well as a doctor and nurses surrounding Django Kimmons' bed. The gangster was trying to speak, and finally, just as Higgins reached the bedside, Django managed to gasp a few words. It
5: uh, it was Will we, we'll, uh.
1: Oh nurse.
5: Let me
3: see him. He's dead.
1: At that moment, Willie McLean and Joe Rucker hurried into the hallway leading to McLean's office. In the room next to McLean's, Pop Selden, about to leave, turned off the light. When he heard McLean and Joe coming along the corridor towards McLean's office, Pop drew back into the darkness. He heard them enter the adjoining office. Then, stealthily, he tiptoed to the connecting door and lowered himself to his knees by the keyhole and placed one eye against it. In the next room, Willie McLean pressed his thumb against a spot on the wall molding.
4: Now slide back the wall panel. Joe, lug those suitcases over here. Okay. Here you are. Give me the first case. There. Now the other? Yeah. That does it. Maybe we should have put the Tommy gun in there with that money instead of throwing it into Ardvale Creek like we did. Lesson. Listen. There's only one thing to do with a gun that's hot. Get rid of it. Now we better hurry and set our alibi. To... <laughs> hey, what's that? It's
3: in the next room, Pop's office room.
1: The two racketeers hurried across the room and opened the door to Pop's office. The lights were on now, and he seemed occupied with a pile of papers on a nearby desk.
4: Hey, Pop. Huh? What are you doing
1: here this time of night?
5: Well, it's only half past ten, Mister McLean. I usually work much later than this. I was just checking on the horse parlor
4: figures. Well, listen, it... I wasn't in there. Joe and I haven't been in the office all night. Do you get what I mean?
5: Uh, yes, Mr. McLean, I, I think so.
4: You better be sure you do. Especially if the cops ask about us. Here. Here's a hundred bucks. Uh, Maybe that'll help matters.
5: Well, thanks, Mr. McLean. This is great. I have a sleeper in the fifth race tomorrow. Macaroni boy,
4: you ought to put Never mind trying to tart me. Get back to work. Holly, remember what I told you.
1: Pop Seldon watched the two men leave his office and heard them leave by the rear delivery door. Then he looked at the hundred-dollar bill Willie McLean had given him.
5: It's nice of him to give you to me, wasn't it, eh? (laughs) Well, little hundred-dollar bill, after tonight I'll be using you to light my dollar cigars.
1: He opened the door and entered McLean's office, where the lights were still on. He walked directly to the far wall and touched a place in the molding. Part of the wall slid back, revealing the two valises. He removed the valises, then left the office and walked down the same rear stairway the racketeers had taken. His wife was waiting in an automobile parked nearby.
5: (coughs) There it is, Mom. Enough to keep us going at Santa Anita and Belmont for life. I took out a thousand dollars for myself. You take these suitcases, check them in the railroad station, and stay at the Raymont Hotel, you hear from me. That's a good girl.
1: Selden returned to the office unseen, just as the telephone started to ring. After a moment's hesitancy, he answered it.
5: I know Mr. McLean's not here. He hasn't been in at night in a few days. No, no, I I don't know where he is. Who's calling? I said who... Uh, That must have been the police. Oh, well, I did what Mr. McLean asked me to do anyway.
1: Back at Ardvale Hospital in an ante room, Police Commissioner Higgins put the receiver back on the hook and spoke to Brick Reed and Michael Axford, who stood beside him.
0: That was McLean's office. He wasn't there. Hasn't been there in days, the man said. Who was it that answered the phone? Huh? Reed, I neglected to ask. I think I'd better leave this investigating to the detectives. We've had men out for a couple of hours now. They should have some line on McLean. Reed,
2: you keep talking as if Willie McLean had been positively identified. You don't even know that Django Kimmons was trying to say Willie before he died.
0: Yeah, but Willie McLean's is the one name that's closely associated with Tommy Barra and Django Kimmons.
2: But you still can't prove that Django Kimmons meant Willie McLean with those words he said.
0: No, but we'll try.
1: Let's get back to Barra's ward and see how he's doing. The nurse's report was terse.
0: He has a 50-50 chance to pull through. But he's still unconscious. And even if he weren't, I couldn't allow him to speak now.
1: Late that night, detectives located Willie McLean and Joe Rucker with a number of friends, having pre-dawn breakfast in a popular all-night restaurant delicatessen. Michael Axford came into Britt Reed's office late the next afternoon.
2: Reed? Your guess about McLean didn't hold up? They questioned him for more than 12 hours, and they were checking on him meantime. They finally had to let him go. His alibi stood up.
0: The alibis of gangsters like McLean always seem to stand up. But perhaps alibis will mean nothing now. Maybe we'll know the truth about the shooting very shortly. How? Commissioner Higgins has phoned. Tommy Barra's out of his coma. The doctors are going to allow the police to question Barra any minute now.
1: We'll continue our story in just a moment. Hi, fellas and gals. Gosh, but this story is exciting, isn't it? Makes you feel kind of tense. So how about relaxing over a drink of delicious Orange Crush? You know, it's natural for you to want Orange Crush when you crave refreshment. Because naturally, it tastes better. That's a fact. I'll tell you why. Orange Crush is flavored with the natural juices of fresh, tree-ripened Valencia oranges. So naturally, it tastes better. Yes, Orange Crush is different from other orange drinks. None of them can match its tangy, fresh fruit, natural flavor. No wonder Orange Crush tastes so much better with wholesome after-school snacks. A frosty cold drink of sparkling Orange Crush and a toasted cheese sandwich, hot off the grill, make the grandest combination. And both of them are so good for you. Yes, Orange Crush, made from nutritious fresh oranges, is good for you as well as delicious tell that to mom tell her to keep the refrigerator stocked up with orange crush all the time tell her to get orange crush at her grocer's in the six bottle handy pack and when you're out with a gang ask for orange crush at refreshment counters wherever you happen to be be sure to ask for it by name don't just say orange say i want orange crush cause naturally it tastes better that's orange crush O-R-A-N-G-E-C-R-U-S-H, Orange Crush, the world's leading orange drink. Now back to the Green Hornet. Tommy Barra, when he came to, was tight-lipped, even though he knew death might be near. He looked with cold eyes at Commissioner Higgins and the detectives around his bed.
3: You, you're wasting your time. I don't know who shot me. If I did know, I wouldn't tell you. But I don't know. So leave me alone. Get out, eh?
1: That evening, in his apartment, Britt Reed was repeating for Cato the events surrounding the gang shootings. Cato, Reed's valet and confidant, was the first person ever to know that Reed was
0: the Green Hornet. Cato listened to Reed and said... So police find nothing, huh? Nothing to implicate McLean or anyone else. But judging by what's happened, they may find themselves with a big gang war on their hands if Barra recovers. will oh, you think he know who shoot him? Certainly. He'll wait to recover and then take things into his own hands. The Green Hornet must prevent that happening if possible. I get mask, key, and gas guns now. We go to McLean home right away. Not to his home, Cato. At least not until I've looked over that elaborate office of his. That's where we'll go now. The two men entered Reed's bedroom,
1: gathered together the Green Hornet equipment from its hiding place, then prepared to leave. Green Hornet and Cato, who was also masked, used a special key to enter the rear door of McLean's office building and eventually to gain admittance to his offices. They spent hours searching desks and cabinets in the various offices and found nothing. They were in the accounting office of Pop Seldon when they
0: heard the rear door that they had used open and close. Put the light out. That's it. Someone's coming, Cato. Get your gas gun ready. We can see through this crack in the door. I have gun ready, Mr. Britt. Well, look, well, they come this way, down corridor. Yeah, that one on the right is Willie McLean. The other, if I recall my faces, is Joe Rucker. Oh, golly, they come here. They're yeah. quiet. Looks like not, not so
4: yeah, maybe that horse came in today. That
0: dog's probably still riding. Would They go into office next to this. Put on your flashlight again. Uh, there's the door that leads to the office where they are. We'll go over there. Perhaps we'll hear something.
1: Inside McLean's office, the racketeer pressed the molding and the wall panel began to slide back.
4: we better get these suitcases out before the cops were tailing us. Get wise, we gave them the slip. Willie, look. There's nothing in there. The suitcases are gone. The cops th- must have found them. Now, if they did, we'd be sweating under the lights down in headquarters now. There'd be cops in this office now taking over. But Willie, they're gone and almost a million smackers with them. Who took them if the cops didn't? Only you and I know about this hiding place. What a dope, What an egghead. Oh, me? Now, me. Letting him work in there while we were talking. Hiding that dough while he could hear. Hey, who you talking about? Pop, Pop, that's who. Pop Seldon was here when we left last night, Joe. Yeah. The cops were here all day today. If they didn't find the money, then he did. We're going out to his place right now. Do you know where he lives? I ought to, I paid the mortgage on his house, didn't I? It's a white stucco deal away off by itself in that new development out on County Line Avenue at the corner of Oakmont. Come on.
0: Cato, there they go, out the rear door again. Did you hear all they said? sure did. Make head spin. They say somebody maybe take a million dollars. Yeah, they also gave themselves away about Tommy Barra's shooting. Right now, let's get the entire story before calling the police. We go to place where they go? Yes, Pop Seldon's County Line in Oakmont. Give them a few minutes start, Cato. And the Black Beauty, we'll get there minutes before they do. <laughs>
1: Hop Selden, for a man who had stolen almost a million dollars from gangsters he knew to be murderers, was surprisingly at ease. He sat in his living room studying the horse racing form sheets for the following day, unaware that two men had entered silently through the window of one of the adjoining bedrooms. But he became alert a short time later when he heard a car stop outside his house and the doorbell rang clamorously.
5: Well, this sounds like the showdown. I hope I keep a nerve. Yeah, just a minute. Where's. Willie, he's here. Uh, hello, Mr. Rucker. Hello, Mr. McLean. Come in. I'm
4: coming in, all right. Get back into that room, uh, uh, Pot. Oh, my, mind that stuff. Did you take them? Did you?
5: The suitcases with the money in them? Yes. Yeah.
4: Willie, did you hear him? He stands there cool as you please and says he took him. Oh, you double-crossing... Oh, bat- just
5: a minute, Mr. McLean. It's not going to do you any good to start making threats or doing anything rash.
4: Listen to him. I'm not going to make threats. I'm going to kill you. No,
5: I don't think you will, Mr. McLean. unless you want to go to the electric chair. If you do anything to me, you will, I assure you.
4: The nerve of the guy talking like that. Give him the works, Willie. Where Well, I find out where the toe is. Pop? we're not kidding. We want to get that money we it to leave the country.
5: Afraid of Tommy Barrow, are you? Well, I don't blame you. You should have finished him off when you
4: shot him. I said we want that money. Where is it?
5: I only used $1,000 today. I bet 500 of it on Macaroni Boy. He won. Paid twenty eight sixty dollars to shut him. Shut up, you old fool. Oh, kill me with that gun and the police will have you by tomorrow. They'll know where to look for the Tommy gun you used on Barrow and Kimmins. What? In Arfdale Creek, below the bridge.
4: Well, he knows where we threw it. Sure, sure, he knows everything. Paping and snooping it. I would wait. How will the cops know if we kill you?
5: Because someone else knows. Someone you don't know. If I die or disappear, that person will go to the police at once. You'll be finished. I gave that person a note telling everything. Not only about the killing of Django Kimmons, but about others that I heard you talk about. The note also tells about how you cover up your narcotic and policy and bookmaking business. Where you bank the money you take in. That's enough.
4: You mean you have that all set to pull on me if anything happens to you?
5: Yes, that's right. So you'd better let me live. Tell me, Barry will take care of you anyhow. Who would have thought this old goat would pull a play like this? Come on, Pop, cut the kid and tell us where the toe is. No, no. I'll only say this.
4: It's where you'll never find it. We'll search the place. I'll stand over here in this room. Well, that's your
5: bedroom, I tell
4: you. Keep be not... quiet, Joe. Well, I will.
0: Suppose you uh, keep uh, quiet uh, too. With gas. Oh, <coughs> Willie,
4: Willie, what's the matter? What are you gagging about? Why don't you?
0: What? The Green Hornet. I'll take that gun. No, uh, you
4: don't. Uh, I use gas. Watch out.
0: Uh, there. <coughs> uh, you gave it to him so close. He'll be out for the night. Tie him and the other fellow up. I'll go inside. We'll do right away.
5: Hey, what's happened,
0: Green Hornet? Yes. Your pals Willie and Joe are unconscious. I took care of them. He uh, did. What did your partner do? And tied them up. Yes. So they'll not be able to follow me to where you put the money. I'm going after it now. The money? Yeah. The near million in the suitcases. That's what I want. Now I know where it is. You gave yourself away today, Pop.
5: Oh, you lie. You don't know anything about the money. You don't know about it. Both men tired.
0: Then let's get out of here. Pop, I'm afraid I'll have to gas you too. Hello,
5: don't use that gunner.
0: <laughs> He'll not get much gas that time. I didn't want him to get much. Come on, Kato, we'll hide in that closet.
1: Pop Seldon recovered in about ten minutes. He rose to his feet dazedly. And then, seeing the two unconscious men near him, recalled what had happened. Oh, no.
5: No, he must have been lying. I must find out.
1: He reeled into the living room and grabbed the telephone.
5: Hello? Mrs. Seldon, please. See, Aggie, those suitcases I gave you... What did you do with them? Still checked at the railroad station? No, 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 I don't need any money from them. But I think we'd better get them if they're still there. I'm afraid they may not be. No, no, I I can't tell you now. I'll meet you on the 30th Street side in half an hour. We'll see together.
1: Without donning his hat or coat, the distraught man hurried from the house. As he drove away from the house, the Green Hornet, who had left the closet after Seldon's departure, went to the telephone.
0: Commissioner Higgins' office, please. Commissioner, this is the Green Hornet. Get police to Dredge Ardvale Creek beneath the county bridge for the gun that killed Django Kemmons. The men who did the job are at a house on Oakmont and County Line ready for the police. One of them is Willie McLean. Yes, there's a million dollars in the locker section of the railroad station. Yeah, that's right, a million dollars. It'll be picked up by Mrs. Selden unless you stop her.
1: Axford, in Reed's office the next morning, was telling of the crowning events of the previous night.
2: And the green had gassed them and escaped. The police found a little less than $900,000 in the bags. Seldon told how he had taken a few thousand out of the suitcase. But the payoff was the information that was in one case. You mean there was more than money? Yes, page after page about every big racketeer and crooked official in this country. And the stuff that Seldon put in the letter for his wife to give the cops had everything about the local setup.
0: Oh. oh, what about Tommy Barra?
2: Well, the report had been made out for him to use. But he'll never use it in jail. He's not going to be departed now. At least not until after he serves time for the things they can prove against him. That'll be a million years
0: from now. (laughs) And Commissioner Higgins tells me the money, because of its source, may be turned over to charity. He says no one can rightfully claim it. Well, they'll probably let Pop Seldon
2: off late, too. There's no one to press charges against him.
0: (laughs) Uh, He'll never try to stray from the beaten path again. But then his beaten path led to the racetrack. (laughs) That's enough punishment. Played the horses. (laughs) Reed... Out of the whole shebang,
2: only the green harnet got away. Uh, that one. Oh, I wish I could put my hand on that one. I'll
0: shake with you on that, Axford. Shake. Uh- <laughs>
3: for murder. Green Hornet fingers mob. That's paper.
1: That's the Green Hornet story for today. Another exciting story brought to you by the most refreshing drink in the world. The drink that's actually good for you because it's made with real oranges. The one and only Orange Crush. It sparkles, it tingles. It makes you feel fresh again. Always keep several bottles in your refrigerator. And always remember, the handy way to do that is to get the handy pack. Six bottles of Orange Crush in a handy carrying case. This program is a feature of the Green Hornet Incorporated. Created by George W. Trendle. Produced by Trendle Campbell Muir Incorporated. Directed by Charles D. Livingston. And edited by Fran Stryker. The part of the Green Hornet is played by Jack McCarthy. This copyrighted feature originates in Detroit, and all characters, places, and incidents used are fictitious. The Green Hornet is brought to you every Wednesday and Friday at the same time by the most refreshing drink in the world, Orange Crush. That's the drink you like best of all. Try it. Next time, ask for Orange Crush. But remember, don't say orange, say Orange Crush, O-R-A-N-G-E-C-R-U-S-H, Orange Crush. Next Friday, listen to the Green Hornet again in the exciting story of danger entitled Ceiling on Crime. And now till Friday, this is Fred Foy saying so long from Orange Crush. (laughs) This is the Mutual Broadcasting System.